Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, your podcast platform proudly brings to you, Mid-Peasants, the best podcast in the world, with your hosts, The Fluff Brendan and The Star Catherine, The Mid-Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at The Mid-Podcast and on YouTube at The Mid-Podcast 6436. Make sure you add those numbers. And if you want to support the show, you can do so by becoming a Patreon member. Go to patreon.com forward slash the mid podcast and select a tier that fits you where you have access to our random shit episodes. You can also cash app the show, dollar sign the mid podcast, or you can go to the midpodcast.com and get you some mid podcast merchandise. We've added some new items like our Nana story. And what the hell, mom, items. So go check that out. Every little amount helps us continue the show and allows us to go to cool events like WrestleCade. Now, it's time to entertain our mid-peasants with some... Hello, lovely people. Uh, We are talking about one of the greatest movies of all time. And that is Spider-Man. Across the Spider-Verse came out yesterday. We saw it Thursday. And I had a blast. I enjoyed the movie. And this is probably the only time until Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse comes out where I took notes on something. Yay, you actually did your job. I know, right? But, um, I think this movie lived up to the hype. I think it's better than the first one. I think it's the better than No Way Home. I love No Way Home. Oh boy, did you ever. Um But there's I got more thoughts at the end once we get into breaking down the movie and stuff, and I'll share some thoughts along the way. And I will try to get this very biased. But. Very biased? Yes. Real quick. We are not going to do the IMDB stuff at the end. We're going to do it right now. Because there is. An interesting thing that came out. That Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Is the highest rated. Superhero film. On IMDB. Do you do you want to guess what the rating is for it? Audience rating or critic rating? Uh, it doesn't say. But what do you think it is? Well, from the last time I seen it, the audience was at ninety seven percent, and the critics were at ninety five percent. That is on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. But, yes. It is at 9.1. Which makes it the highest rated superhero film. Which is surprising. Give it a one. Which is surprising because I thought, like, Infinity War would be it. Or The Dark Knight. Or the most recent Batman. 
But I thought that was a really cool tidbit of information. Mm-hmm. But anywho, before we get into it, do you have any opening thoughts? Are you I almost just... fell asleep. Are you just gonna During save the movie? thoughts for the end? Huh? Are you just gonna save your good thoughts for the end? No. I almost fell asleep during the movie because I was just I don't know, my body is wearing down. But I also have an interesting take that some viewers have taken to social media to raise concerns about Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Would you like to hear those concerns? I saw somebody say they couldn't watch it because it was too blurry, which was a fucking lie. Your theater just sucks ass and doesn't have good fucking projectors. This one says that they were unable to hear large amounts of the movie's dialogue. Sounds like a theater problem. Not a movie problem. I agree to a certain point. Some of them were complaining about um, Hobby? Hobie? He's British! That they couldn't hear him, which I think was the point that he talked softly. Yeah. So... Either your theater was really loud and people need to shut the fuck up or go watch it again. I don't know. I think where we lucked out is there was only like five people. It was us, the dude in our row, and like two other people in front of us. And that was that. Yeah, but we also went at like three o'clock. Before everybody got off work and all that fun stuff. Well, I'm just saying that that could have helped it, too. Yeah, probably. But we didn't have no audio issues or visual issues. Mm Mm-mm. But um, people are just complaining to complain on Twitter because they don't have nothing else to do in their lives. Because they live sad and miserable lives and don't like to have fun. I agree with that. Well, I'm ready to get into all of these notes that I took. Which basically just describes the movie. Go for it. I bet you're proud that you finally didn't have to take notes. Yes, my hand is very proud and my shoulder is very proud. So I didn't take these notes in the theater. I watched in a very legal manner. And anyways, let's get into it. So it opens up with Gwen Stacy this time instead of it opening up with Miles like it did in the first one. And she's basically going over what happened in the first movie. But we see it from a third person point of view instead of us seeing it from Miles' point of view 
And so we get more in depth with Gwen's character in this movie, especially in like the first 15, 20 minutes. It shows us what actually happened between her and Peter and what happened to him and how he died in her universe, which fun tidbit as well. Peter on Earth 65 is voiced by Jack Quaid. Do you know who he plays? No, but the name sounds familiar. He plays Huey in The Boys. Okay. I was like, I know that name sounds familiar. So that's a fun little thing. But, so he ends up dying, and her father blames her for it. Because, well, when he got there, he saw her holding his body. And so. Well, he blamed Spider Girl, but he didn't know Spider Girl was her. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is he didn't know it was Gwen at the time, but he blamed Spider Gwen for the murder of Peter, which didn't happen. So we see our first anomaly, as what they're called in this, and it's a Renaissance version of the Vulture. It was kind of funny. He was. Being a historian. It was kind of funny. And he had the the mask, like the beak on back in medieval times when you were sick. You would wear that. And yeah. it was supposed to like. Well, that's what. Oh, fuck. He, what were they called? Um, shit. They were around during the Black Plague. Yes. I don't think they were called oh shit. No, they weren't called oh shit. But I forgot what the doctors were called during the Black Plague. They had a special name. You can make me look this up, aren't you? Because now I want to know. I can't remember. <laughs> you see? <laughs> but, and while you look that up, can I continue? Mm-hmm. But, so, they end up fighting. We then get introduced to Miguel, Miguel O'Hara, voiced by Oscar Isaac. And Jess Drew, who I forgot voiced her. And Jess Drew is pregnant. And she could whoop some ass. And she had a badass bite. And so, they get done with the fight with the vulture. And Gwen falls down and is just sitting down trying to recuperate and everything. And her dad comes up behind her, and she still has her mask on and everything, and says she's under arrest. Then she takes her mask off and tries talking to her dad, but it doesn't work out, and he still tries to arrest her. And then she ends up going with Miguel and Jess to save the multiverse. Those are called Batas. It was a mask that early modern Venetians wore to cover their identities. And then you had various paintings of the time showing men and women wearing it. Oh, interesting. And they filled it with strong or sweet smelling substance because they thought that it would help 
keep the plague away. Very interesting. For the day. And so, during the fight with the vulture, Miguel decided to say, uh, he ends up referencing No Way Home, talking about the spell that Doctor Strange did that fucked up everything. And interesting thing is he calls it Earth 199999. So is it Earth 199999 or is it Earth 616? Or is it a mixture of both? I'm kind of hmm. in between the two. Because like, there's some stuff from the 616 comic books that are in, but there's also some stuff from the Earth 19999 universe that's in the MCU. But it's a cool little tidbit thingy. And so, also, the color pastels they did on Gwen's Earth was really cool, and how it expressed different emotions by basically once Gwen and her dad were talking before the whole fight with the vulture and her color was like a bluish because she's all depressed and alone and stuff like that while her dad is orange and just a more uplifting color than what blue is. So that's very interesting and attention to detail. But anyways, that's your first 20 minutes of the movie. And then we get the opening title scene, everything. And my... That's kind of long for an opening scene. It was, but I think it was necessary. Why? I didn't. Because it gives you backstory, more of what's going to happen in the movie. And it introduces Miguel and Jess, and it gives you the main issues on what's going to happen in the movie. Trying to fight off the anomaly and stuff. But anyways, we opens with Miles swinging through the city. He has to get to a meeting with his parents and school counselor to talk about college. And on his way there, he gets into a fight and we're introduced to the main villain of this movie, The Spot. And at first, he's just a bank robber. or Not a bank robber, but a petty villain. Petty crime. Or robbery is not really petty crime, but you get what I mean. He robs stuff. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't know that his full powers yet. And so Tristan, the ATM machine, they end up fighting. They go to the coffee shop that was introduced in the first movie, Phone Party. They fight in there. And then Miles ends up tying him up through like all the holes and stuff. But he escapes. And then they end up going back to where the collider explosion was. And Spot gives us a backstory on how 
he's the one that brought the spider to the earth. So it's a different spider. The spider. It's the spider from a different Earth and not from Miles. That's from mm-hmm. Earth, Earth King. And that plays into the story later on, which is very did not see that coming at all. And just how he got his powers. Just early villain stuff. And so he's getting all pissed off. He tries attacking Miles and his dad, but he puts a spot down, and he kicks himself in the ass. <laughs> he kicks himself into himself. And then he's just able to discover how powerful he actually is. And so, while he is figuring out his powers, he goes the like, three or four different Earths. One is set I have it in my phone as the 50s, but it was actually the 1940s. So he goes to an Earth that's 1940s. Cool. Then he goes to the Lego world. And then we see Mrs. Chin from Venom. I was waiting for Venom to show up. So. And and the best part about that was like Mrs. Chin was just looking at him like, what the fuck, dude? I was like, dude. There's a fucking dude who comes in here who talks to an alien. You are not the weirdest shit I've seen. Like, I know Venom. Venom bites people who try to rob me heads off. So I have a parasite. I am not a parasite. Apologize. But that was cool. You got to see the Venom universe. Which leads me to think Venom is coming. I'm curious to see what happens in Venom 3. I know they were working on it before the writers strike and stuff. Which, the writers do have a strong thing, have a strong case for why they should be um, striking. I agree with them on that. And so, after that, uh, Lego Peter, which all of the um J. Jonah Jameson's in here were voiced by J.K. Simmons. So that was cool. But um Lego Peter calls Miguel and he basically tells him, Hey, this random fucker just showed up. We have an anomaly. So then Miles' parents, they're celebrating um, all of the stuff about uh, his dad getting promoted to captain. And Miles is late. And the cake says, I'm not proud. Which wasn't what the cake said at all. No, he he had that poor cake lady writing like a whole fucking novel. <laughs> But, yeah, so they end up getting to an argument. He gets grounded for, like, two months. Then Gwen shows up, which Gwen's not supposed to be in contact with Miles at all. Because, well, we'll get into it later, but 
an interesting reason why. But Gwen tells Miles, basically, they go swing around the city, and Gwen sets up some little, like, spider robot to keep an eye on the she was looking for the spot. And so, that happens, and then she finally meets Riho and Jeff, who are Miles' parents. That's their first names. And they don't like it when people call them by their first name. Which, I mean, as an older person, I could see why it's disrespectful. It's more of a respectful thing, a respect yeah. thing. It's like, there's people at church who I call by their first name, but like I always say, like, Mr. or Mrs. before I do that. Yeah, like when you're talking about and plus that, and Bobby, you call him Mr. Bobby or Al, you say Mr. Al. Yeah. Well, that's like uh, Mr. Cheek at church. I call him Mr. Cheek. I won't call him Jack. And he told me one day, he says, you can call me Jack. I said, no, sir, I cannot. I said, my dad and my mom will whoop my tail. <laughs> I said, because you are my elder, I am supposed to refer to you as Mr. Cheek. But um, so they're all talking on under, like, this water tower thing. And, yeah. So that happens. Gwen has to go because the spot's about to do something bad. Which, villain's doing something bad. It's just average villain stuff. So, but before all of that, kind of skip this. My bad. Uh, Gwen and Miles are sitting on top of something, or under something? They're like on like a water tower. It was, it was a tall building. I'm talking about when, like, they sit upside down. Oh, yeah, it was like a skyscraper in New York. And Gwen tells Miles that in every universe, Gwen Stacy falls for Spider-Man, but it never works out. Because Gwen Stacy's Gwen Stacy's faith fate is to always die. We saw it in Tasm too. It's happened in God knows how many comic books. But uh, yeah. And Miles was like, Well, maybe we could change that. But that all happens. And then, so, the spot during this is trying to get his powers back because he ran out of spots. Hmm. So he's trying to get more he lost spots. his spots. And How do you lose spots? I guess you use too many of them. I don't know. But. I have a spot for someone to use. Oh, God. He ends up getting away, and then Gwen has to go chase him, and Miles isn't supposed to go, but Gwen doesn't know that Miles is invisible and follows her through to go catch the spot. And so that leads them to Earth 50101, and that is where we meet the Spider-Man India. 
and he was cool. I liked him. He was cool. He um during the whole little chasing with the spot, he was like, "You two love each other. There's so much tension here." And when we're introduced to him, he was like, "Yeah, I like having chi with my grandmother," and Miles was like, "I love chai tea." And there was a funny scene. It was like. Chai means tea. You don't see me coming to your earth and calling it coffee, coffee with extra pumps of sugar, sugar. <laughs> that that was a nice little. Scene. I would like some extra pumps of Tony sugar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so, when the spot was jumping to different earths, he was seeing which Alchemax had a super collider, like in the first movie since that's what gave him his powers. And so, the one in Spider-Man, Spider-Man India's Earth, of course, is the one that has the super collider. Of course, because it's India, and you know Middle Eastern people are a hell of a lot smarter than average Americans. Yeah, that they are. So, they end up, uh, the spot gets to the collider, and it, all three spider people were there. And then Spider Punk shows up. And it's very cool to see like the different animation styles of Spider Punk. And it's just a fucking badass. Spider Punk's a cool He's guy. He's probably my favorite Spider Man. His real name is Hobie. Miles wasn't getting along with Hobie because he was trying to move in on Gwen. Mm, trying to steal his girl. But, so, the Alchemax building collapses after the collider explodes and does all of its thing. And the police captain there, I think his last name was Singh, is supposed to die. Typical, typical Middle Eastern name, of course. You couldn't come up with anything better. I was like, did they steal Captain Singh from The Flash? But, um, little, um, and Miles also is not supposed to be there because that causes some sort of, uh, cannon break. And Gwen tells Miles not to try and save Captain Singh because he's supposed to die right there. And if he doesn't, uh, shit goes bad. Like, really bad. But Miles doesn't listen. Well, because Quinn, Quinn, uh, Gwen can't tell him what is actually happening. So, he saves Captain Singh and all of that. And then this black hole starts to form. And all the other spider, spider people show up and they try to stop it. But then that leaves all of them going to Earth 928, where Miles is introduced to Miguel O'Hara. And they're going through, like, all the different villains and stuff. And we see a live-action Prowler, portrayed by no other than Donald Glover. Was not expecting that. Can we talk about Miguel? 
that Oscar Isaac's a fucking pimp? Well, I mean, I've I've always liked Oscar Isaacs, but can we just talk about the character, not him personally? Yeah, sure. Why did I always think he was going to be a bad guy? Were you getting bad guy vibes from him? So... He's more like... He's not a hero. He's not a villain, and he's not like an anti-hero either. But, like, he has a certain set of rules that he follows. And if other people don't follow him, fuck you. Basically. Well, that's not a good way to be. No, but that's... And I understand why he's like that now since we got more backstory on him. But we'll get into that here in a few minutes. But, yeah. Every character in this had an important role, I would say. All All of your main characters, let me put it like that. Because you have Miles trying to save everything. And then Gwen is like, yeah, I should have told you. But there's some things that are better left unsaid. And same with Peter B. Parker. And Miguel and Jess were like, you fuck you guys. This is how shit goes. And if you don't like it, fuck you. Get out of here. But anyways, Miguel, uh, Miles and Miguel, they finally meet each other. And Miguel blames Miles for blowing up the multiverse again. Which, I mean, it is kind of Miles' fault since he saved the captain dude. But then Peter... But ain't that Spider-Man's job is to save people? It is, but since it's canon... It wasn't supposed to happen. So, like, say in, uh, in the first Amazing Spider-Man movie, if Captain Stacy didn't die there, right, then that would have wrote canon, and something bad would have happened instead of it just being the lizard. It's kind of like time travel. Like, if you go back in time and you change something in the past, it affects the future, whether good or bad, but something has always happened. That's how I understood this. But... Peter B. Parker shows up and... He has a daughter now with Mary Jane, and her name's Mayday Parker. And Miguel's annoyed that Peter brought Mayday, which, A, don't bring a baby to a Spider-Man meeting. And he's also furious at Miles, since Miles broke canon. And then, um, my, uh, Miguel shows Miles Everything. Tells them about the web of well, law. Go ahead. 
sometimes you don't have a choice. If you can't find a sitter, sometimes you got to have the kid tag along, unfortunately. Yeah, that's true. But Miguel shows Miles the web of life, and basically it's like, all of this stuff happens, and it connects us to one another, and if enough saved captains or enough Uncle Ben's are saved, then everything could go to shit. Which, I mean, the spider people don't want to lose their powers, right? No, I guess not. But we see the deaths of Uncle Ben from Toby uh, or Andrew's Earth, and we get to see the death of Uncle Ben from the Spectacular Spider-Man Earth. So, cool to see one of my favorite shows get attention like that. And then they also show us Gwen dying in Tasm 2. And in my notes, I have along with Gwen dying because Andrew is a bozo and can't catch her. That is what I have in my exact notes. And also they show us the Captain Stacy death with Andrew Garfield. So the canon events are what bond the spider people together and Miguel tells Miles that he also broke the canon by going to another Earth or that Miguel broke canon by going to another Earth where the Miguel O'Hara of that Earth got shot so he was like yeah that never happened I'm the new Miguel and I'm your father so that's interesting and Peter B. Parker was also there for it. And then, yeah, I already said that. And then Miles finds out that everyone knew that his dad is about to die. And Miles has two days to try and save his dad or it happens. And so. Well, it's supposed to happen or he's going to break cannon again and screw everything up. Uh huh. And so then. We see uh, Peter B. Parker calls him a kid, and Miles was like, yo, stop calling me a kid. Then Miguel calls him a kid. Technically, he is a kid. He ain't but 15. Then Miguel calls him a kid, and he gets pissed off. And they trap him in, like, this little bubble-type thingy-mabobber. But Hobie helps him and says, yo, kid, break that shit. He doesn't say break that shit, but he's like, you know what to do. Which Yeah, they were trying to um our him and Gwen were at one of the places and there was like a shield up and he was trying to break the shield but he was only using his fingertips instead yeah. of his whole hand. And he'll be told so, him to start using his whole hand. Mm-hmm. Which he then breaks out of the thing and then he's on the run from all spider people. You know who liked into the spider verse? Who? Simeon Lou. He just tweeted out he went to see it. Good. And so uh, Miles is now trying to get back home to try and stop this from happening to his dad. And then I guess they go like under downtown Nueva York or New York in Unearth 928. 
and Peter catches Miles and brings him into this little gutter type thing. And they talk. And it's like Peter tells Miles that he's the reason he had a kid and that when Mayday grows up, he wants her to be like Miles by like being a good person and all that. But it turns out they ended up getting Peter's location. And Miles was like, yo, fuck you. Why'd you do this, dog? So. Yeah, he kind of felt like Peter set him up. And I don't think Peter was trying to set him up. I don't think he was neither. I think Miguel was just an asshole. Yeah. Miguel is an asshole. But he's like one of those cool assholes that you also kind of like. Because, like, you feel bad that he lost his family. But also, just don't be a fucking asshole. And so, we have the, the fight between Miguel and Miles, which they're going up on a train, which is a cool fight scene. And Miguel's telling Miles about all the stuff. It's like, you were never supposed to be Spider-Man. And that you are like the original anomaly and all that fun stuff. Yeah, it kind of made Miles feel bad to tell him he wasn't the one that it was supposed to happen to. And so, I forgot to put this. When Spot regained or got more powerful... When they were in Spider-Man India's Earth. If you notice. The spider. Was supposed to bite Miles. Of Earth 42. Not the Miles Morales. Of his Earth. When what? 619? I don't know what. This Miles is from. I could find out. But I forgot. But so. Miles it steals the energy of the suit from Miguel and is able to use that to his advantage. And then he gets back to the Spider Society building and he sends gets to the machine that sends him home. Except it doesn't send him home. No, because it sends him home. It sends him based on the his spider that bit DNA. him. Uh-huh. That is... In his DNA. So that kind of fucks things up. And so he gets sent to Earth 42. Miguel blames Gwen for this. Which. I blame Miguel for all of this. It's all Miguel's fault. Yeah. And so. Miguel's like. I'm tired of your fucking bullshit. So I'm also sending you home. So. She gets sent back to Earth-65, and her and her dad have a heart-to-heart. Her dad ends up quitting the police force, so I guess that Captain Stacy won't die unless he gets his job back. But that's that was a nice little scene, and he's okay with her being spider- woman, which it's Spider-Gwen, but they call her Spider-Woman in here. But she tells her dad that 
I got to go take care of some shit. And Hobie came by and left his watch because he quit the Spider Society. So he left her her his watch that lets them jump to different dimensions and stuff. I want to watch that does that. And so Miguel gets Justin Ben Riley to go to uh the Earth Miles is from to make sure that he doesn't save his dad. And while Miles gets sent to Earth forty two, his uncle Aaron is still alive and his dad is dead in here. And Miles doesn't realize this, but he's starting to glitch and Basically, since Earth-42 doesn't have a Spider-Man, it's kind of gone to shit. So, him and Uncle Aaron are on top of a building, and then we just see this figure come out of nowhere, and Miles gets his fucking shit rocked. Then he's tied up to the punching bag at Uncle Aaron's house. And we're then introduced or after that, Gwen gets to Peter's, or not Peter's, but she does end up going to get uh, Peter B. Parker and some other recruits that we'll get into that are fun. But she goes to Miles Earth and goes into his bedroom, and uh, Rio and Jeff are talking, and it's like, we just need to be more lenient with... um. Miles, he's going through shit. And so... Miles, they don't know where Miles is. Gwen says uh, this is her fault and that they will go find him. Rio says, tell him we love him and now he's grounded for five months. And so that leads to Gwen going to get Peter B. Parker... Spider Noir, which fuck yeah, my boy's back. Uh, Spider Ham, Penny Parker. Uh, who else was there? Uh, Spider Man India, Hobie, Spider Ham, uh, Spider Bite, and Spider Man India. There was just a bunch of spiders. Yeah, this is a small group starting off. And, but, then, we're introduced to the Miles Morales on Earth-42, and he's the Prowler. Now, that was a twist. I didn't see. Yeah, that was a twist I did not expect, and it was a very cool twist. And it ends with uh, Gwen asking... I don't know if she was talking to somebody, but she asked is, do you want to join her new band? So, guess we'll find out in the next movie, which comes out March 2024. But then I have my own little notes. It's or my little own little review. And it goes on saying, this is my favorite Spider-Man movie. 
and by far, and it is a great follow-up of what happened with Into the Spider-Verse, it expands on the story instead of it being something completely brand new, and it ties into the events of what happened in the first movie. Across the Spider-Verse movie is not only one of the best animated, but one of the best comic book movies of all time. And the ending, I would say, is the only, like, it's a nitpick issue, because some people don't like clip, uh, cliffhangers. I don't care for them. Like, they're annoying, but if they make sense, I'm here for them. In this situation, they make sense. No, we're getting another part of the movie. So that's why it makes sense to me that ended on the cliffhanger like it did. And that's my thoughts on the movie. Here. Wow. There's lots of thoughts there. It wasn't bad. It had some underlying tones. Um, that could be helpful in everyday life. Like, parents learn needing to learn to let their children grow up and be themselves. And not always trying to control them or trying to make decisions for them. Because, you know, you got to live and learn. I like that. I like the friendship between Gwen and Miles. That she was willing to risk stuff to just to see her friend. Mm-hmm. Miguel was an asshole. Yeah. I did like Oscar Isaac's portrayal of him. Hobie was probably my favorite Spider-Man. Hobie was great. Which, at first... I didn't trust Toby. Well, there was the scene where they were in India and the Indian Spider-Man was showing them stuff. And he goes, and this was all the stuff the British stole from us. And I died. I was (laughs) like, oh, shit. Which is true. Britain pretty much plundered India back in the day during colonization. There was Toby was going, Toby was going to going around saying different things like, uh, anarchist and fight the establishment and shit like that. I was like, that is so typical England right now. And the comedy in this movie, I would say that it was put in at a perfect time with all of the lines that were in there. Wouldn't say there was like, and it wasn't over the top comedy. Like, some scenes were funny, but also there was more serious scenes than comedy scenes. But she didn't really get comedy scenes, and the only comedy scene that comes to mind is when we're introduced the Spider-Man India, and when Miles and the Spot are fighting, and they get into that coffee shop after they go after they jump from the coffee shop from the car wash. And they're all slipping, sliding, and that little kid says, I don't want this costume no more. Oh, that was funny. Oh, the other thing was when his dad said, I need a crane, and then the car fell, he just canceled the crane. Also, the soundtrack 
fucking brilliant. And the way they tied the music into what was actually happening into the movie is really well done. I would have to agree with that. Like, the first movie soundtrack, like, MCU movie soundtrack that I actually liked was, um, crap, crap, Shang-Chi, where I actually downloaded it and would play it while I was in the car. So the Black Panther 2018 one, 2018 soundtrack, that was amazing. The Shang-Chi soundtrack was good. Guardians was good because they played a bunch of old songs that I knew, like, from the 60s and 70s. But I'm talking about, like, songs that were, like, made for that specific movie. But I do agree with the Guardian soundtrack. They are fucking great. Um, Even the first soundtrack for, uh, or the soundtrack for Into the Spider-Verse, I mean, there's some good songs on it, but not as many good songs as what we got with this new one. And I've never really listened to Metro Booming, who is the producer of the soundtrack for this movie. And I hope they let him do Beyond the Spider-Verse as well. But, yeah, I, I like the soundtrack. I might actually download the soundtrack so I can listen to it in the car. But I think this movie lived up to expectations. I actually think it blew away expectations. Once again, I didn't have any. Once again, the Sony animation team is fucking amazing, and they changed. It's funny how Sony can do really really good animation movies but they kind of suck at like hero at, movies at live action movies yeah but oh a tidbit how much money you think spider-man across the spider-verse earned on its opening day domestically 51 million 51.75 million dollars i saw that earlier asshole um trying to think what else? <coughs> um, all of the character, all of your main characters were written great, and they all progress in this movie instead of just staying the same. You see it with Miles; he's trying to become more of himself than of somebody else. Mm-hmm. Gwen is trying the. It was, that was another theme of the movie. How um. I was talking about how the theme was parents need to learn to let go of their children. Yeah. And trust their children. Also, another theme was Miles trying to figure out who he was. Yeah. And you remember what was it? Didn't somebody in the movie say, "Remember who"? who who you are or something. Was his mom. Yeah, and I turned around and said, oh my god, it's the Lion King. Because <laughs> I remember Rafik, uh, Rafiki telling that to Simba when he had found Simba. 
But you have Miles trying to become more of himself. Gwen trying to deal with with loss. So you see, loss. that's another theme. Miguel trying to fix everything and shit. How do I want to put this? Fuck. I know what I want to say. I just don't know how I want to say it. You have Miguel as your main antagonist and he is making sure that nothing happens to another Earth like what happened to the one that he fucked up. But it was a really good fucking movie. <laughs> What's so funny? Well, damn. Oh, fucking hurt my arm. So your Nana sent me a picture of a alcoholic drink. And the name of it is called Holy Water. <laughs> but now it's time to get into our rankings of the movie. I think I might have to make this shit. And as you know, we usually do it out of ten. I'll let you go first. Why do I have to go first? Because you did all the talking? Yeah. It was your movie. I just went because you can't drive yet. Fine. Then I'll go first. I don't mind going first. A ten out of ten is our ranking system. So my ranking for this movie... I'd give it a 9 out of 10. What do you think was better, this or No Way Home? Neither. That wasn't the question. Um, No, no Way Home because May died? <laughs> um, well... Our system is out of 10, but I, there's not a number I could give this movie. So basically, you have to give it a 10, with 10 being the highest. Yeah. 10 plus a few extra zeros. That's not the way the system works. But n- I know, but I'm just saying. But yeah, it is a 10 out of 10 movie. It is a must-see as soon as possible. I was at the end like, what the fuck? Like, the way they ended it, I was like, what the fuck? I knew they... I knew it would end on something like that. I just didn't think it would be as abrupt as it was. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. It was just abrupt. Like, I was like, what the fuck? Because... I thought the movie was going to go on for another 20 minutes. If I had to nitpick one thing about the movie, I did think it was a little too long and they could have cut some of the stuff out. Mm. That was my one nitpick. And the only other thing I would like, could you imagine watching that shit in 3D when they were doing like all the blinking color shit? 
Oh, that would have been cool. That would have really fucked with you. That's a good movie to watch when you're on, like, LSD or some shit. I thought of different LSD, colors. some mushrooms. Yeah. But, that's our Across the Spider-Verse review. You get two more movie reviews this month. I would say, if you like animation, it's a good animation movie. Mm-hmm. I'll say that. We, I'm a fan of Spider-Man animation, like the old Spider-Man cartoon that's on Disney+. Plus. I enjoy that. I used to watch that every Saturday. Yeah, that was a pretty good show. I watched it. And I'm excited for X-Men to be coming back. Which I need to finish. Yeah, somebody on Twitter was bitching about it. They're like, so they're just going to pick up where they left off? Yeah, basically they told you that dipshit. <laughs> but that's the end of this. We got to go do Double or Nothing. Wrestling, so if wrestling, you like wrestling, yeah. check that podcast out. And then we also, later next week, transfer, uh, Transformers, Rise of the Beast. Can't wait to see that. And then we have the Flash movie the following week. Can't wait to see that, actually. Believe it or not. I didn't think they... They didn't have any good previews before the movie. You know how like, they show movie previews? They really didn't. They didn't really have any good ones I wanted to go see. I was like, eh, eh. No, they... Which, I like that. That they didn't have so many fucking previews. Well, I mean, usually, like, they'll show, like, two or three, and out of the two or three, there's at least one movie. I'm like, oh, that looks pretty cool. I might go see it. And they had zero that I'm like, that's pretty cool. I want to go see it. But, anywho, adios, people. See you later. Dosadena, comrades. Have fun. Also, uh, I know we forgot to say this, but spoiler warning. You're going to say it at the end of the show, dipshit? Yep. Maybe you need to put it in the I'll title. put it in the tweet. I'll put it in the tweet that I'll send out. Yeah, and put it in the the title or description or whatever it's called. Yeah. But, anywho, goodbye, people. See you this week with Transformers Rise of the Beast. Autobots, roll out. <laughs>